0: Welcome to Mother Food Season 2, conversations that nourish the modern mother. I'm your host, Alyssa Timoshkina, food writer, author, curator, chef and a mother, passionate about maternal empowerment through food and conversation. In this season, we meet women who forged inspiring careers in food, nutrition and wellness, while also embracing lives as mothers. We talk about what it means to be a woman, a mother and a creative. We share intimate moments of our complex journey with all the intricacies of our relationships to our bodies, our partners and our children. And of course, there's a lot of talking about the food. I passionately believe that when women's voices come together to share stories, some magical transformation takes place. So let's talk. this week sees the end of the breast cancer awareness month and to mark that important initiative I'm sharing a very special episode with you today it features Rochelle Poitras who is a holistic breast health expert I came across her work through the wonderful Milky Moon lab by Marilyn Keskula who was a guest early on the podcast, I have listened to that wonderful episode, it's episode 19 of season one. And I absolutely loved Rochelle's insights and just the very idea of a holistic approach to breast health. This is something that hasn't really crossed my mind before and it immediately struck a chord with me. Personally, I've had a complex relationship to my own breasts for various reasons. And it was not until I became a breastfeeding mother that this difficulty really amplified and I knew that it was time to reconsider and redefine my relationship to my breasts and to seek a more nurturing and indeed a more holistic approach. I feel quite passionate about this and it really saddens me that Women's breasts are such a contested space. It's a very peculiar intersection of the private and the public lives. We are conventionally expected to be valued as women based on our breasts and their size. I mean, otherwise, why would the breast implants industry be thriving so much? We accept it as normal to be dictated by the society when it is acceptable to reveal our breasts and when we should hide them the biggest paradox to me is that our society and by that i mean mostly men and the patriarchal order accept breasts on display for their own gaze yet shame women for breastfeeding in public and we're so often told to cover up when we're feeding our babies the most The tragic part, really, is when breastfeeding mothers are shamed by fellow women and that really is a striking example of internalised misogyny. And it's just truly sad that as a society we still haven't really accepted the fact that a woman's body part is nobody's business but her own. To me the subject is absolutely essential in the larger picture. Of the social and cultural role that is assigned to women in our modern world. This is something that we discuss with Rachel in the episode and I love how this wider consideration connects so clearly to the emotional and the spiritual aspect of our breast health. Our emotions and our spiritual well-being are absolute pillars of our breast health and it's something that I became aware of only recently. But it immediately made perfect sense as it really is a truly embodied experience that we all feel regularly, yet to pay little attention to. Michelle is truly holistic in her outlook on breast health, and her scope is so all encompassing. Um, in the episode, we consider all aspects that feed into your breast health from lifestyle to mindset and nutrition, of course. Rochelle is a trained holistic nutritionist, so we do talk a lot about the food. We talk about a very important part of our physiology as women, and this is something that doesn't really get covered enough, I find. And this is estrogen detoxification and the role of our breasts in our monthly hormonal cycles. We also talk about how we can understand what our breasts may be communicating to us. and it's really essential that Rochelle points out that any pain or tenderness or heaviness that occurs on a regular basis during the cycle is a sign of misbalance and this is something to be addressed rather than sweeping it under the carpet thinking that this is common, therefore it is okay to suffer. Rochelle shares a really great practice of breast massage, which is an absolute must for all women out there. And the most amazing thing that I took away from this conversation is that by taking care of our breasts in a truly holistic way, we actually take care of our whole body, mind and spirit. And as such, our breasts are an amazing portal to our well-being as women. This conversation really does need another episode because we couldn't discuss everything and all the details that we wanted to, but I'm offering some show notes below this episode, and also do visit Rochelle's website and my website where Rochelle shares a lovely post that summarizes all the key elements of a holistic breast health ritual. So I am genuinely very excited to be sharing this with you today. And I very much hope that after listening to this episode, you will feel a little internal shift in your own relationship to this most beautiful body part. Mm I'm so thrilled to have you on the show and I absolutely love what you do so I think it's such an important topic and I hope that your message can reach as many women as possible so I wanted to start by asking you um, to explain really what Is holistic breast health and how did you come around to doing that
1: yeah well thank you so much for having me and for your interest in my work it's um I feel like it's an area of women's health that isn't discussed very often it's an area that's kind of hidden from the mainstream or that doesn't really have a holistic approach to it um, for me, holistic breast health is just really kind of a combination of like the physical, emotional, and spiritual side of it. You know, because so much of breast imbalances come from more than just physical imbalances. It's really kind of a combination of everything that goes on in our lives. You know, we're not just physical beings, but we're spiritual and emotional beings. And um yeah, I kind of stumbled into this Work through my own breast imbalances, having 12 fibroadenomas and a benign phylloides tumor, and just, you know, having gone the kind of Western medical route and it wasn't working. Like the only thing they could offer me was surgery. So I had surgery the first time, got rid of the fibroadenoma, and then several years later, a phylloides tumor grew in the exact same spot and that seemed to kind of grow get worse and the only thing that they could offer me was surgery and I was like well I'm getting surgery and removing it but then things keep growing back in that spot so why would I just keep having surgery without correcting the you know getting to the root cause of it so I kind of started to get into holistic nutrition herbalism working with different practitioners you know studying Ayurveda and just kind of really trying to understand what was going on like what my body's communicating because anytime there's something going on in our bodies wherever it is any kind of pain ache chronic illness whatever it is your body is communicating with you that something is off so it's taken me a long time to kind of get the results like everything is healing and I've seen some tremendous shifts Um, in my own health and like all the fibroadenomas and the tumor has gotten like so much smaller and all through natural methods of understanding the importance of correcting nutrient deficiencies, the importance of like nurturing ourselves because the breast hold a very particular type of energy and and it's that of nurturance. So a lot of the times when imbalances show up, you're most likely not nurturing yourself. And so that's your body's way, your breasts way of asking you to turn your attention inwards as opposed to outwards, as we're so used to doing in our societies, especially if you're a mom. And as women, we're just taught to like, give, 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 look after everybody else, put ourselves last. And that's just really not the best way to take care of ourselves. And that's usually when a lot of breast imbalances show up, when you're just kind of like, give, 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 give. And you're not receiving an equal balance so yeah and I just thought like I just couldn't find any information on this topic like when I was going through this journey like I had studied holistic nutrition and got very little out of the books herbalism they didn't mention anything about herbs and breast health and so I've just kind of you know really dived into it on my own and I've discovered so much I mean you know when I started this I didn't know I couldn't find any herbs that had specific benefits for breast health. And since then I think I've uncovered it over like 20, but nobody talks about it. And most of that information is not in normal herbal literature. It's not in your regular herbal book or course, or it's not online. So I was like, well, you know, I can't be the only one struggling with breast imbalances. And so I was like, well, I'm going to kind of create a platform and put all of this information together in one place and hopefully you know have it accessible to women you know so yeah that's kind of how it all started
0: (laughs) that's really powerful to hear that your personal experience has led you on this journey and now you have created something that other women can benefit from and other women can really draw so much information and inspiration from that Um, how long have you been working with um other women and providing that platform for them
1: i mean the platform is fairly new it's only been up for, I'm going to say two and a half years. So, and it's amazing. I mean, the women that I've worked with, everyone's got such a different journey and everyone's got so many different imbalances and everyone's just got their own. Yeah, everyone's got their own journey and it's very specific to them. And so that's why for me, I feel like there isn't a one kind of approach protocol for everyone, but everyone can kind of go back to the same kind of basic, guidelines and measures of like you know get your nutrient deficiencies checked like what are your hormones doing what's your self-talk um you know what does how do you nurture yourself and so because it's gonna look different for everyone you know like are you supplementing with iodine what is your diet you know what's your stress levels at all these things impact it and it'll be different for everyone but if you have an understanding that you know if you're low in vitamin D if you're low in magnesium if you're low in b vitamins if you're low in vitamin C all of that will have a tremendous impact on your body's Ability to maintain health and to heal itself because your body knows what to do. That's the best thing is that your body knows exactly what to do, but it can't do what it knows to do if it doesn't have what it needs. And I think for the most of us in this day and age, especially this year, we're just like super depleted with everything going on. Mm-hmm. stress, you know, nutrient deficient foods, poor sleep, there's a lot going on, and we're dealing with a lot. And most of us were not told, we're not empowered by our governments or these authorities of like, hey, this is how you can really take care of yourself, and it's not found in a pill, and it's not found, you know, in hand sanitizer. It's not found in a lot of these things. It goes back to just like the fundamentals of what our bodies are built on. You know, what makes our tissues and our organs? And it's vitamins and minerals and it's nutrients, and so you know kind of wanting to share that perspective with women because even a lot of the doctors that I've worked with a lot of them don't even know I mean that's why I've really kind of turned to like naturopaths and stuff because they have such a better understanding of like how the body functions i mean i'm amazed at how many western medical doctors just don't know what the body needs to function properly and so that's where you have to kind of empower yourself and you have to read up on these things. And it's like, you know, you don't have to study, you don't have to become a doctor, you don't have to become a practitioner, but, you know, pick up some books and, you know, listen to some podcasts.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. And after our initial chat, I was thinking a lot about what we talked about. And it's fascinating how women's breasts, they're almost almost like the symbolic space or body part that kind of encapsulates really so much about um, what being woman is all about Um, you know we spoke about how there's a big cultural and social aspect connected to the female body and specifically to the breasts yeah and i wanted to uh, delve a bit more into that Um, and there's also obviously the emotional and spiritual aspect of it there's something that uh, so many of us are completely out of touch with, or perhaps don't even draw the connection between your emotional state and your chest and your breasts. And obviously the physiological aspects of hormones and our monthly cycles. And of course, um, you know, if, if you are a mother, then how much, how big a part um, your breast can play in, in that experience as well. And to me, um, becoming a mom and especially a breastfeeding mom To be honest, I've found it very challenging for so many reasons. But on the one level, it was this, I guess it was this kind of cultural programming in me that I always associated breasts with something sexual and Mm -hmm. often something to be displayed or hidden away. But it always this kind of interplay of, you know, hide and reveal for a man's pleasure perhaps or for a male gaze. And then all of a sudden when my breasts became something entirely different, they were source of nutrition for a little baby. I was a bit freaked out by it, to be honest. And it took me a while to kind of reconfigure my relationship to that body part. And then of course, feeding in public, and you know, the awful debates you still have on social media where women's breasts are policed and you know, women are shamed for feeding their children and in public and you know showing off their breasts yet at the same time if it's a you know cleavage revealing their boobs yeah. for the male right. days it's all yeah let's do more yeah. of that then it's um, okay yeah so that really infuriates me and obviously um that kind of social cultural um mm. connotations around women women's breasts must Feed a lot into the emotional and the spiritual relationship that we have with our breasts. So, I wanted to ask you, you know, from your personal experience, but also through your work, um, does that issue come up a lot? You know, do women have that almost kind of confusing relationship to their own breasts because of all these cultural roles that we're assigned to play, in a way? Yeah,
1: I think I've had a lot of women reach out saying, you know, they're unhappy with their chest size and you know wishing that they could change it and so on and so forth and it's a shame because it's just it just comes i feel like it's just such a program from society you know it's like from the movies and it's from you know like magazines and it's just, if you look a certain way then you're accepted then you're beautiful then you're wanted and it's just such i mean i don't know if i can swear but it's such bullshit <laughs> yeah. you know like <laughs> like and and it's like who decided this i'm sure you know it comes from men it comes from the patriarchy for sure but and it's you know even just you know like breast implants and you know they're supposed to look a certain way and like push-up bras and that kind of shame and that kind of you know relationship that we have you know our breasts feel that you know and it's you know breasts are the gatekeepers of the heart you know merely from their physical location so whatever's going on in the heart will be mirrored and felt in the breast specifically and one of the examples that i always kind of go back to is dr gabor mate talks about how so many women actually i'll backtrack for a second so many women after they undergo or experience a trauma or a loss such as divorce, the death of a loved one, perhaps an illness, a lot of the times they'll develop breast cancer afterwards. And Dr. Gabor Mate talks about, you know, so much of the time it's our inability to kind of process the trauma, process the experience, and release those emotions in a healthy manner. You know, like I think most of us are used to just kind of holding everything in, that was me for a long time of just, you know, you kind of bottle things up and you kind of sweep it under your rug and you kind of hope it goes away. But anything that's related to the heart, you know, like it's heartbreak or it's worry or it's anxiety or it's shame about your body and yourself. And you know, like that's all stored in your body and it's all stored in the breasts and your cell knows all of your cells know your deepest feelings and your immune system, you know, it was really felt in, you know, your kind of like cellular network. So, it's really up to us to kind of nurture ourselves. I mean, and that's really the energy that the breasts hold, you know, they they physically nurture babies. They do have a sexual, you know, role and component in our lives and they are a sign of our femininity and womanhood, but not always, you know? Um, And for me, I've noticed that I really kind of started to heal physically when I started to nurture myself. And that looked to me like, changing my diet putting myself first saying no to things that don't that didn't light me up you know engaging in meditative practice exercising well you know all those little things are an energy of you know putting yourself first of nurturing yourself and your your body response to that you know like self-love is feeding yourself the right food it's going to bed when you're tired it's you know being mindful of who you follow on social media It's being mindful of the thoughts you think on a daily basis. You know, like we have these stories that run in our heads constantly. And so being mindful of that and doing our best to change things. And you know, he talks about to Dr. Gaborna, he talks about how he by just by reading a woman's obituary, he would know if she had died of breast cancer because the obituary would read like she was selfless. She took care of everybody else. She didn't stop while she was sick. She kept going to work. She didn't take any time out. You know, it was putting everybody else first. And he says he had a patient come up to him and her biggest worry, she had just been diagnosed with breast cancer and her biggest worry was how her husband was going to feed himself. So, you know, and Susan weed, who is an incredible herbalist talks about if you've been diagnosed with any kind of breast imbalance, and they are even diagnosed if you're dealing with any kind of breast imbalance the best thing you can do is say no to everybody else and say yes to yourself because it's your body's really asking you to like turn your attention inwards and to yeah focus on your need like your body's communicating you know and that's really kind of what the body does you know it shows things come up physically so that we can see it you know we start to feel things so that we we're like oh hey like something's out of balance like i'm not you know, like I've got this pain or I've got this ache, or maybe I've got a lump or, you know, all these kinds of things show up for your body. It's like, Hey, like, you know, wake up, there's something going on. There's an imbalance and we need to kind of correct it before it gets worse. And so for me, things had to get a lot worse before I kind of started taking things seriously. And I was like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta do something about this. And yeah, these imbalances always, if we listen to them always have gifts to offer us. Um, you know, having my imbalances is probably one of the best things that have ever happened to me. Because I really had to take charge of my health and I, you know, became a host nutritionist and herbalist. And I just have such a great understanding now of how my body works and what it needs and what it's communicating. And I just feel like I mean, I know myself way better than any doctor could ever, you know, kind of tell me. And I figured so many things out on my own that before I would have probably like rushed to the doctors. And they're all like really minor, or all, all the corrections were really minor. Most of it's, you know, kind of nutrient deficiencies. So, um, and kind of trusting ourselves too, because I think we have a tendency in our societies to, because we don't know much about ourselves and our bodies how the function, to put kind of all of our power into other people's hands and to doctors and stuff. And you know, everyone yeah. has their limitations and everyone's kind of doing the best they can. And, Doctors have their limitations too depending on you know kind of what they're schooling You know what the kind of schooling they went through and so you know if you go to the doctors and you're not a hundred percent You know sure about their recommendations or their diagnosis, you know get a second opinion get a third opinion get a fourth opinion work with a team of doctors and you know kind of go into different modalities, you know Maybe work with someone who's an ayurvedic practitioner or who's in Chinese medicine or who's an naturopath, like get a chiropractor, like get a team because what one person gets the other person will miss, and so the more you have kind of like a well rounded team, the more I feel like just the better balance you'll be
0: yeah, definitely and it's interesting that breasts in a way are almost indicators of our health in general, yeah. and as you said, you know it really is possible to understand the messages that they're trying to send us if we learn how to tune into them. So say um, if someone is very interested to learn more and to kind of understand how they can communicate with their own body a bit better, um, what would be a good starting point in terms of the physiology and the nutritional and the hormonal health, kind of a Breast Health 101, <laughs> where would one start and what do they need to know?
1: I would say, I mean, well, my website is a good place to start. Um, I do offer a few courses there. Um, there's also some really great books, like, so Renegade Beauty by Nadine Artemis has a whole chapter on breast health. Um, Dr. Christian Northrup has a book called Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom. There's um, mm-hmm. a whole chapter there on breast health as well. Susan Wheat has a book called, breast cancer, breast health. And there's a whole chapter just on the fundamentals of breast health that doesn't even dive into breast cancer, but it's all about like preventative and nutrition. And, and so I feel like, you know, those three books are just such great resources. And so, you know, start there. Um I also share all these books and all my kind of favorite resources in my favorites page under my shop. Yeah. Even like listen to some podcasts. I mean, I haven't heard too many podcasts personally on like, breast health specifically, but you know, breast health is more than just breast health specifically, it's all encompassing. So it's woman's health, it's hormonal health, it's general nutrition, okay. it's how to manage stress. And so whatever, you know, information you can find that's about women's health, you know, kind of dive into it and just kind of go for the things that resonate with you. Perhaps maybe it's like nutrition or maybe it's nutrient deficiencies or maybe it's like herbalism or like, I've been kind of working on a new course just around the energetics of, you know like breast health and you know like how to differentiate like if it shows up on the left side versus the right side you know what it means in different areas of you know in Chinese medicine it's often you know breast imbalances are often connected to melancholy all these kinds of things you know that have an impact but you know that you these aren't the answers that you'll be getting from your doctor anytime soon not from the more um, kind of traditional ones but um, yeah there are
0: some resources out there and while I have you here with us. Would you be able to give us a little crash course on what does a holistic breast health routine or protocol look like Kind of what signs are we looking out for? What is a good thing to have? Um, you know, what is a symptom of something being off and so how do we correct that?
1: I think one of the first things that I think most women have all experienced in their lifetime is like breast pain Mm -hmm. around the menstrual cycle. And I think for a lot of women who experience this monthly and, you know, it happens every year, they think like, oh, look, this is normal. But any kind of pain, any kind of breast pain, it's a sign that something is off. And generally, if you're experiencing breast pain around your menstrual cycle, you probably have a bit of, you probably have some excess estrogen, which increases inflammation. Now, where does that excess estrogen come from? It's often due to nutrient deficiencies. So low vitamin D, low magnesium, low B vitamins. It can also be contributed to a congested liver that's not processing and excreting these, um, hormones and toxins properly. It comes from a diet that's too low in fiber. That fiber cannot, if you don't have enough fiber, those hormones and that, and those toxins in that bile is not being released properly. So you just have kind of, you know, all those toxins and hormones are just kind of be recirculating and you know, um, increasing inflammation which will often lead to breast pain um, it can be things you know as simple as using deodorants and antiperspirants the commercial ones that we'll find at drugstores so you know they have like aluminum that have all these kinds of like toxins and heavy metals all those toxins and heavy metals love to be stored in fat and breast tissue is made Fatty tissue, so changing our deodorants and our antiperspirants to help you know clear the lymph nodes that reside under armpits that are super super important. If those lymph nodes get clogged up, a lot of the times we can experience some like some swelling, some tenderness under the arms. And so those toxins aren't getting cleared out. And so a lot of the times those toxins kind of go back into breast tissue and we can have you know swelling and pain. And a lot of times if that's kind of a chronic thing, you'll get, you know, lumps can develop, fibrinomas start to grow, cysts start to grow. And so it's really important to Be mindful of the skincare we use because everything that we use on our breasts, on our body goes right into the bloodstream. So if you're using a conventional body lotion that's got a lot of heavy metals, those heavy metals will go straight into your breast tissue and hang out there. So it's really making sure like I would say everyone who comes to me, I always recommend like go to your doctors and find out where your nutrients are at, like get tested for everything that's possible. Your zinc, your selenium, your chromium, your B vitamins, your vitamin D, um, your iodine, all that stuff. Because if you know where you're low, then you can kind of focus, you can be like, all right, I'm gonna, I need to focus on this food group, or you can you know, buy a supplement. Oh, and using a breast oil on a daily basis, using, you know, doing a breast massage practice, you know, because our breasts don't have muscle tissue, they rely on lymphatic tissue to kind of clear the toxins and get the lymph moving. The only way that can happen is through movement, which is why exercise is so important, and breast massage, just, just physically move that area so we can get the lymph flowing. And get you know toxins you know released, and you know detoxify your breast tissue. And so, a lot of breast massage oils are really great. Um, I have all I have some really great oils listed on my website under the shop section. Um, well, well, I also created a breast mask just to kind of what I found really helps. What really helps me with the mask is I'm someone who likes to rush through things to kind of you know do something and then I'm on to the next. But I found with the breast mask it really forces me to like put a good chunk of time aside and to just sit and relax and to kind of be with myself and I get to create the mask and I kind of, you know, I take a bath and light some candles and I really get to spend the time nurturing myself. Whereas sometimes with the breast oil, you know, you can kind of like put it on quickly, like before you go to bed or whatever. And then you you know, that's kind of it, you know, it's kind of like two, three minutes and then you kind of like, you know, onto the next. And so, you know, cultivating or creating a ritual around something like that. And being kind to yourself, you know, learning to love yourself as best as you can, which I feel like is just kind of a lifelong journey.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you <Yes>. know,
1: something <laughs> we're always kind of fully working at and, you know, new issues come up all the time. but to kind of, to be kind and to be gentle with yourself, to, yeah, to learn to kind of be where you're at and to kind of learn, you know, if you've got things coming up, try not to stress about it. And this is really me kind of talking to myself because for the longest time, (laughs) you know, when something comes up, I was like, oh my God, it's this, it's that. And always going to like worst case scenario. And Mm -hmm. now that I understand my body so much better and now I've seen like it's healing power and it's intelligence at work. I'm like, Oh, like this is fine. Like I've got this, like, this is no big deal. I know what I can do. Um, I know how my body, I know that I can support my body and that my body, you know, can heal itself. And so Mm. it's kind of like, you know, it's a little you know, it's a physical part, it's an emotional part and it's a spiritual part. And so kind of working in all those areas, as best you can, you know, maybe one week someone just kind of is like, "All right, I'm just gonna," or even just one month, you're like, "I'm just gonna focus on my nutrition this month, and I'm just gonna focus on, you know, making sure I get my my D, my vitamin D every day, and my magnesium." And it's amazing too, just how like correcting one nutrient deficiency, like magnesium. I mean, that breast pain can go away, the lumps start to heal, um, estrogen clears so much better. Uh, the liver is, you know, it starts functioning better. I mean, it's truly phenomenal. Just the impact of like one nutrient on the body. So yeah, those are, I feel like those are some really like basic and really fundamental things to kind of focus on for breast mm,
0: health. That's absolutely amazing. And it's really interesting to see just how many different facets come together to really create that holistic health. And of course, it's not just beneficial for your breast; It's beneficial for your whole body your mind exactly. your spirits and obviously the lives of those around you because you're a much more balanced and pleasant person to <laughs> be around
1: <laughs> and that's just it you know it's like yeah we talk about these things for holistic breast health but I mean the whole body benefits mm. the whole, whole body heals and so yeah you might be focusing on one part but I mean everything is connected so and that's really kind of the great thing too is that you might start seeing benefits in another area in other areas that you're like I didn't even realize this was out of balance. I didn't even notice that this wasn't functioning so great until everything kind of comes up into balance, starts working properly and you're like, oh wow, like I can actually feel this good. Like this is actually how I'm supposed to feel on a daily basis.
0: Mm. Yes, it's interesting that our idea of health is always connected to disease. So, you know, if we're not in pain, that means we're healthy, but actually being healthy means so much more. It's like, you know, having Mm -hmm. your dial turned up to, 20 when you only thought it can be at 10 and yeah. that's something that I've recently become a lot more aware of how you know what makes me feel good and what being healthy really means to me and it's interesting that you um, mention estrogen and how breasts are connected to the cycle because I always suffered from very painful periods and coming from Russia where Gosh, women's health is really not <laughs> practiced in a holistic way at all. You know, you're kind of just told to get on with it, and that's kind of your yeah. lot in life as a woman. And I always thought that, you know, having really painful breasts and really heavy, almost like unbearably heavy breasts is just part of the experience. But of course, now I understand that that sense of heaviness in the body is always connected to estrogen um excess because it kind of the growth hormone so there's that sense of expansion and heaviness then there's something um, the estrogen is a bit you know over its limits um so what kind of, then if we're looking at a healthy cycle and a healthy breast um kind of sensation and uh, breast uh, health during the cycle what are we looking for does it change at all does it follow any cyclical pattern at all or does it kind of just stay nice and pleasant throughout
1: yeah so the breasts are really kind of responding to hormones that are kind of fluctuating during that cycle and to the imbalances that are going on that are felt more around our cycles and so if your liver is not excreting properly the estrogen if you don't have enough fiber in your diet you'll feel it you know you'll start to cramp just your menstrual cycle you start to feel like that, that kind of tired and you start to feel perhaps the bloating and so th- your breasts are just so in sync with that and they're just an extension like because for me like i've never like cramping's never been an issue for me i've never experienced any kind of major issues with my menstrual cycle it's always been, kind of been like oh it's here okay like great but for me my telltale sign if something is off is if I have any kind of breath tenderness, that will be my cue. And so I'm like, ah, OK, I'm like, ah, I see what I did wrong. I look at, you know, I look at my diet. That's my like parameter of like, OK, this is what I need to look at. and This is what needs to change. And so for the next month, if I've kind of if I've done what I needed to do, if I've made those corrections and that breast pain kind of goes away completely. Then I know I'm like, okay, that's, those are the corrections that needed to be done. It's kind of, you have two signal systems. You know, you have your menstrual cycle and then you have kind of another one which is your breast pain. And then, you know, if you have, you know, even too, like if you've got a lot of bloating around your menstrual cycle, you probably notice an increase in like breast size. You know, you Mm -hmm. probably feel like, oh my breasts are so much more like tender and, you know, and that's kind of your body's inability to, maybe that's poor lymphatic circulation. Um, Dandelion leaf is really great for relieving kind of like breast pain and that swelling because it just kind of helps to release that fluid. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's an area that I personally haven't like seen a lot of information on. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you kind of get little bits here and there, but it's an extra tool in your toolbox. Symptoms are gonna show up when things are out of balance and so often it's kind of like, if it's around that period, it's, it's telling you like, okay, we need to focus on, you know, Maybe foods and nutrition, daily habits and rituals around the monthly cycle, you know being like okay like i'm not eating enough fiber, or you know my magnesium's too low my my vitamin d's too low, and so yeah, you know it's funny because it's kind of like yeah it's a you know it's a breast pain issue it's a breast pain symptom,
0: but it's really telling you like you need to focus on like your menstrual cycle, yeah, I think it's just understanding that pain or discomfort or any sign of swelling is never normal so for any women who go through the same motions as I've been going through for years thinking well that's just part of it it's actually so important to pause and think hang on a second that's not normal and it's actually um, time to address deeper um, issues like digestion and um, hormone detoxification and all of that
1: and a lot of the times too when we go to the doctors and we explain our symptoms they're like well that's common Mm-hmm. Well, just because something's common doesn't mean it's normal. Exactly. You know, if every woman had was diagnosed with fibroid and like, oh well that's common. Yeah, but that's not how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not normal. And so I think, you know, sometimes you can get for anyone who's experienced that, who's been kind of, you know, you shrugged under the you know, you that information kind of gets pushed aside and it's like, oh well, you know, like that's just how it is. No, that's not how it is. And so it's um work with someone else if someone can't kind of give you the answers that you need or it's kind of like oh well just kind of yeah as you said like just deal with it like you know that's just what women have to suffer with try to find somebody else because that's just that's not it you know and sometimes it can be a sign of you know deeper imbalances too so
0: yeah absolutely and um i wanted to ask about the diets and the supplements obviously a well-balanced Um, You know, nourishing, mindful eating is important for every body part. Um, But is there anything that's specific for breast health that women should be considering or kind of monitoring specifically in their diets uh, to make sure their breasts are getting enough of something?
1: Yeah, so a lot of cruciferous vegetables. Broccoli, kale, watercress, kohlrabi. Yeah, cruciferous vegetables are really, really important because they have a component called I think it's DIM, and it basically helps your body excrete estrogen. You know, mm-hmm. it helps to kind of you know pull all that stuff out. Fiber is super important. Beans are an incredible source of soluble fiber, like beans, beans, beans. If you're gonna have beans every day, or even anything from the legume family, so mm-hmm. like chickpeas, lentils, it's a great source of a prebiotic, prebiotic for your lentils are a great source of prebiotic for your gut. Um, to feed all the healthy bacteria, and then it's just a really important source of fiber to help pull all of the bile, which has attached itself to the toxins, the hormones, and to pull it out of the body, because you need to be pulling and excreting things out of the body. Things like sulforaphane, that's found in broccoli sprouts especially, really mm-hmm. help to reduce the occurrences of cancer, helps to reduce inflammation. It's just a really, really high nutrient food that gets talked about quite a bit i mean it's really if you can incorporate like sulforaphane um broccoli sprouts on a daily basis i mean that's like phenomenal so Um, how
0: i've come across that a lot but being a you know cook and a food writer myself i can't really think of how would one incorporate them into your diet like literally just sprinkle on top of anything
1: yeah i mean it's funny because we don't i mean i'm in vancouver and i really haven't seen I don't. I mean, I I used to live in Barcelona, and I would see sprouts all the time, everywhere. I would always see them in the grocery store, and so I'd always be buying them. But here, we haven't really. I don't know why they're so much harder to find here. I'll have to start making them myself. But yeah, I would just sprinkle it on whatever you can. Like maybe if you have some like toast in the morning with some avocado and an egg, like sprinkle that on top. Or if you Mm -hmm. have a salad, or yeah, maybe there's a smoothie that you can like throw it into. However you you know you can find ways to kind of incorporate it into diet so I would say yes yeah, so like you know cruciferous vegetables are huge um, no sugar really really limiting your sugar because sugar just kind of stimulates estrogen project production
0: by sugar you mean refined processed stuff or even naturally occurring sugars because that's I think it depends. <laughs> yeah it's
1: I mean it's I mean I definitely have some sugar here and there I don't have much of it from what my understanding is that Adults shouldn't have more than 25 grams of sugar a day. So, I mean, if you're having a little bit of sugar here and there, I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, if you're someone that's dealing with a lot of more like more major issues, maybe if like your breast your breast pain is really severe or your hormone cycles are really out of whack, I would really kind of be strict with it. You know, if you're having it in like some fruit, like berries are always really great. Um, I mean, if you're eating a lot of high sugar fruits. I would maybe cut back on that. And it's kind of like, you know, you kind of have to experiment and see kind of like where your sweet spot is. I mean, if you mm-hmm. kind of.
0: Um, quite literally.
1: <laughs> yeah, quite literally. You know, if you have a little bit of honey here and there, in there, you know, like, yeah, like natural occurring sugars, I really wouldn't be too stressed out. But if you're eating like a high refined sugar diet, mm-hmm. then that will be, you know, that can be problematic. And so
0: and obviously I mean, all the hidden is, hidden sugars and things like ketchup and all of you know yeah, the things exactly, that are you know. technically not sweet but actually loaded with refined sugars yeah, and that sugars. can yeah.
1: kind of turn into sugar and it's kind of you know and it, it'll be different for everyone you know it takes you know time and experimentation and trial and error and you know sometimes you have to kind of stick to that one kind of protocol for several months before you start seeing results because um, hormones will heal in cycles of three months so it can take three months or six mm-hmm. months or nine months or a year depending on how severe your, you know, your issues are. And it's taken me several, several years of, you know, kind of detoxifying and like just learning more and incorporating these things and, you know, taking cause you think too, for how long your bodies, our bodies have been out of balance to expect to kind of, you know, return to a state of homeostasis within a couple of weeks might be a little bit soon to kind of expect such results. But yeah, I know a lot of greens, you know, a lot of greens, a lot of vegetables, um, a lot of high fiber foods, so the legume family is really important. Yeah, staying away from like sugar, staying away from alcohol, um, you know, like fried foods, processed foods. Um, not to say that you can't enjoy those things once in a while, you know. For me, my one of my biggest lessons was if you're gonna enjoy those things, don't worry about it because mm-hmm. the guilt is way worse than having that cookie. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that was one of the things that when I first started, I, I did an Ayurvedic protocol and. I was told to follow a very strict diet, which I did, but it kind of created a lot of neuroses in me where I couldn't enjoy those little things anymore. Cause I was like, Oh, but if I do this, then that's not going to work. And if I have that, even when I started kind of studying holistic nutrition, when you understand how bad a lot of things are, it creates a lot of like conflict within, you know, you look at something, you're like, Oh, I really want that, but oh, I know how bad that is. And it's going to cost this, 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 and I would sometimes, it's it's just, it's, so many, it's sometimes the healthiest thing to do is to just like have that piece of chocolate and just enjoy it and leave it at that. You know, like it's not, it's not the end of the world. It's not, you know, and it'll be far healthier on your body to be like, Oh, like that was so good. I enjoyed that so much than to have something and like to be, to neuroticize about it for, you know, like days on it and be like, Oh my God, I shouldn't have that. I'm going to have to like do all these other things to counteract that. And so, um, yeah, you know, to do your best with your diet, to find, you know, enjoy the food to eat, and if you go out with friends and you go out and have a pizza and you have some wine and you have whatever, like that's totally okay. You know, like that's part of nurturing ourselves, you know?
0: Yeah, what yeah, I agree eating? with you completely because I went through so many phases of, I guess what can be called orthorexia, you know, this fear yeah, exactly. of eating, yeah. um, having mm-hmm. read all this amazing information about you know healthy food and holistic eating and all of that but i then ended up developing paranoia around meal times and yeah. going and socialize going out and socializing with friends became absolutely impossible so it really was a big turning point for me to understand the emotional and psychological value of food and the social value of food so you're absolutely right that it's better to you know go out and have a pizza with wine and enjoy it rather than you know, cancel yeah. a dinner date because you're worried about what food might not be available in the restaurant for you.
1: And I've witnessed my my body has healed so much more since I've taken this approach than since mm-hmm. I was super
0: strict mm-hmm. because I
1: was just yeah. I mean, that stress just makes everything so much worse.
0: Mm-hmm. And then we're so. back to that issue of emotional effects and how you know the toxic emotions they actually end up causing as much harm to our breasts as you know, refined sugar would. Exactly, yeah. And the other thing that um, keeps cropping up um, is iodine. And I wanted to ask you, what, what is the relationship between breasts and iodine? And is it the case that we do need to kind of have a regular intake of iodine-rich food for our breasts and hormonal health?
1: Yeah, so iodine is a, is a mineral that is as important as vitamin D and magnesium and B vitamins but doesn't get talked about very often it's antiestrogenic so it helps to keep you know our estrogen levels in check it really helps it helps to maintain the integrity and the health of all cells in the breast tissue and it is just super important for healthy breasts and just a healthy body and for a healthy thyroid and healthy mm-hmm. um, menstrual cycle to have I mean it's just it's an incredibly important mineral that so many of us are deficient in because you get it primarily from like seaweed. We, unless you're eating kind of, you know, and it's funny because a lot of populations who eat predominantly high seaweed diets, perhaps you're looking at like the Icelandic you know, diet, you know, Japanese, um, you know, they incorporate a lot of these like seafoods, primarily like Mm. sea vegetables into their diets. Their rates of breast cancer are so much lower, so Mm. much lower. And iodine is shrinks and it's antibacterial it's antiviral it's antiparasitic it's antifungal and it is i mean i've seen it heal so many things not just breast issues i mean it's phenomenal i mean if for anyone who maybe has dealing with a kind of like a fungal issue like topically on their skin add some i just put some iodine on it topically mm-hmm. and if you want the iodine to penetrate even deeper add it with some castor oil cuz the castor oil can penetrate and can draw things up up to 4 inches deep so mm-hmm. And it's really uh, the only oil that can really kind of do that, has that kind of power. And so for iodine, I mean, if anybody's not supplementing with iodine right now and if they're experienced like regular periods, um, thyroid imbalances, breast issues, iodine will be incredibly, incredibly, incredibly important to start bringing into your daily routine. Um, If you're dealing with like thyroid issues, it's important to work with a practitioner because if you're that there's a kind of a delicate balance there of not wanting to do too much too soon. Cause if you take too much, too high of a dose too quickly, like let's say you haven't supplemented with iodine before, you now have an iodine supplement and you think like, I'm going to take a huge dose. You can actually shock your thyroid and kind of create a whole kind of other slew of issues. So it's important to like whatever supplement you take to just kind of start slow slowly build up, give your time, give your body time to adjust and to be like, okay, like this is what's being introduced into my system, you know, to kind of help it, give your body the chance to kind of customize and to kind of, you know, regulate itself. But yeah, I mean, even you can apply, I mean, you can add a couple of drops of vitamin into your breast oil, incorporate that into your routine, which is really incredibly healing. Yeah, it's just, it's so, powerful i mean that's what hospitals use before you know when they rub on you before they cut mm-hmm. you over for surgery and they've used it for a hun- for a long time and i'm sure they'll continue to use it because it's it works mm. and there's nothing like it that is that's just so powerful
0: and if anyone is interested to learn more about oils and different uh, supplements and the kind of combinations of um, things then you have the most wonderful recipes on your website for masks and oils and um, yeah. kind of pictures and stuff, so I highly yeah. recommend that. Um, I see we're running out of time, annoyingly. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I want to keep talking about it. Me too. Um, I just wanted to delve a little bit more into the area of the massage because you know, with supplements, as you rightly say, you know, you, while you can you know, do a lot of reading and start kind of, you know, just topping up here and there a little bit, it's still very important to seek professional help and kind of know Mm -hmm. what your blood count is and all of that. But with massage, obviously it's I would imagine it's very hard to do any harm with that. And um can you talk us through kind of a ritual of a, a healthy breast massage? And I've I've personally been doing that for a while as I've Done a really lovely course with a friend of mine who is a holistic sex coach, and um, as part of that course, we had one um, module or one kind of class on um, breast massage and chest massage. And obviously, there's so much more, or than just the physical benefit. It's a real kind of connection to your intuition, to your heart, yeah, to um, being able to process emotions. You, you know, as you rightly say, this kind of idea of when we do feel strong emotions, they literally we say you know it's hanging heavy on my chest or a weight yeah. has been lifted off my chest once that kind of emotion is digested or released somehow so i can completely vouch for the power of the most simple <laughs> you yeah. know, ritual it doesn't take long and doesn't need any specific skill um, but i wanted you to talk a little bit about that and just kind of explain how exactly what you know what can we do what are the techniques and then what is the benefit of that technique on a Physical, but also kind of a more emotional, spiritual level.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, one of the simple things that women can do, because I mean, you can kind of get it. And from my experience of seeing different videos out there, you can get kind of some are a bit more intricate, and some are kind of like do round circles around the nipple. This area, like it can get kind of really like it can get to where there's too much direction and there's too much. You need to do this, and you do that. And so, for me, what one of my Personal things that I do all the time in Africa, and that's just really simple It's just put your hands on your breasts and move them outwards like towards the, towards the armpits um, The lymphatic 75% of the breast lymphatic drains into the armpit And so another important part of breast massage is so is actually to also massage Gently under the armpit and to put your hand underneath to kind of you know if your hand if your shoulders are just relaxed and you, let's say you put your left hand underneath your right armpit, and to just kind of you kind of give it a pumping action. So you're kind of moving your hand up into the armpit to kind of gently stimulate the lymph nodes that are there. And that in itself, even just doing that pumping action, like five to ten times, will kickstart the lymphatic system and will just help to get things moving, even in the breast tissue because it's all connected. So you've got really important lymph nodes that live under the armpit. The most important ones are there. You've got a few that are in between both breasts on the breastbone. So you have some lymphatic drainage drainage that goes in between the breasts there. And then from there, the lymphatic drains up into behind the um, collarbone into the subclavian subclavian vein. And from there it kind of goes back down to the liver and it, you know, kind of that whole system goes. So the easiest thing to remember is to just kind of, if you can put the middle of your hands, the center of your hands over your nipples, but sometimes that's not always the case, but just to put your hand, even just to warm up your hands, like rub your hands together, create a bit of heat, visualize, you know, just like this white light, just kind of set an intention of just, you know, kind of giving that area some love and just helping to release what's there that needs to be released. And so to kind of move, often use like a breast oil before as well, just to kind of create, um, to help, you know, so that the massage will help to kind of bring, you know, kind of massage the oil into your breasts. And so even just, you know, moving just, you know, it's just about creating that movement, you know, and there's different, I mean, there's videos, I have a post on the lymphatic system on my site and there's a great video there. Um, and sure. And her approach is a bit more like physically moving the breasts in like different locations, like pulling it to the side, pulling it up, moving it down. Like just, it's almost kind of like stretching your arm. Like you're literally just trying to get put it in different areas just to kind of move it and to kind of get, you know, you're kind of like stretching it basically. But there's also another great resource called the Lymphatic Message and it's an Instagram page. And she offers a lot of great video tutorials. And her approach is very much just, you know, and it's a very gentle thing. You don't have to push down, you don't have to force anything. It's very much kind of a light and gentle. Movement because the lymphatic resides right just right below the skin, so you don't have to push down. And it's because we often think of massages like you have to go deep into the tissue, like a you know like a muscular massage where you have to kind of go deep and you have to kind of work it. The breasts are just really really light, like you just have to put your hands and just to kind of move them gently, move them towards the armpits, and just that itself. If you did that for you know, a couple of minutes, maybe five minutes, and then you can experiment with you know different times and stuff, but. It's just a very kind of simple, very kind of basic, very light touch, um, circular motion to, yeah, just to kind of get the limp moving and kind of get those, you know, get that stagnant energy flowing again. I don't think that there's any kind of wrong way of doing it. I think setting intention is also really, really helpful. Using a breast massage oil is also really, really nice. And if you have a really nice oil, it's a lot more motivating or it kind of helps you to remember to do it on like a daily basis or a weekly basis. Um, I think too, the most important thing is to do it as
0: often as possible. Mm. That's beautiful, and I think just the act of placing your hands on your body and giving that body part some attention and kind of bringing awareness to that body part is so yeah. important, and it really helps you to connect to it better. And kind of just getting to know that. I mean, how often do we, I mean, I, I didn't until recently, you know, how often would you meaningfully place your hands on your breasts and really connect to that body part? It's unfortunately just doesn't really happen for us.
1: Yeah. Cause I feel like there's, there's a lot of fear associated with the breasts. I think a lot of women, I mean, for the longest time, you avoid that area. You don't touch that area. You don't think about that area because it's associated with like. Cancer and finding breast lumps and there's something mm. wrong and there's you have know, stress and fear and so I think the more you can do these simple practices of like, yeah, you've been you know, using a breast oil and kind of massage and doing a mask and just putting your hands on your chest, the more comfortable you get with that area. And so maybe if something does kind of show up or, you know, yeah, you lose that fear and then you just become a lot more comfortable with that part. Mm. And it's I feel that's a really important thing to do and you know creating health in that area is trying to to, yeah release that fear
0: Mm. and it's almost kind of like reclaiming the breasts for your own pleasure and for your own Mm -hmm. touch the kind of tactile pleasure of just being with your body And i think we all tend to put our hands on our chest when we talk about strong emotions or when Mm -hmm. we are expressing strong emotions so it's you know it happens naturally anyway but it's you know taking that a bit further and actually mindfully continuing that kind of tactile relationship to our chest and our breasts. And I guess um, for any women who are breastfeeding and are wondering if that does affect that relationship in any way, can they still do the massage? Can they still take those supplements and do the masks and all of that? Or is it better to wait until breastfeeding is over?
1: I mean, in terms of like supplementation, it's important, I mean, whatever, if the milk, or if the mom is deficient in anything, then I think that kind of, you know, that will affect the milk, which mm-hmm. can in turn affect the child. So I think, um, yeah, it's important to figure out exactly, to work with a practitioner and to find out exactly what you might be deficient is, so you can get the right levels of supplements, you know, the correct right levels of nutrients and stuff for you and the baby. Um, yeah, because you don't want to overdo it in one area and then have it cause issues. Um, for the baby, so I think maybe just working with someone or getting some blood work done just to find out exactly where you're at and what you might need, um, you know, in terms of supplementation. In terms of like masks and stuff, I think it just, it just depends on like the herbs that are used, the ingredients. I think a lot of them, most of them are okay, mm-hmm. but some do have some contraindications. Um, I think breast massage is really helpful. Yeah. It kind of helps you know, keep that milk moving, which can mm-hmm. sometimes kind of dry up and calcify and kind of create some blockages in the ducts. And so I think the massage is really important. I think even too, like as terms of breast oils, because a lot of different oils will have different ingredients. And so I think for moms that are kind of like, oh, I don't know about that essential oil or those, this herb. You can also just use kind of like an olive oil or just mm-hmm. a sesame oil. Or coconut oil like you can keep it really simple it doesn't have to be super complicated I mean even for a breast mask I mean women can just use like some seaweed you know some dried up like seaweed powder or dandelion or even fennel because there's a lot of herbs that are really supportive of like you know like healthy breast milk like mm-hmm. fennel and oat and those kinds of things so they can create kind of like a kind of like a milk supporting mask you know Mm-hmm. Um, So I think it's yeah you can keep it really simple I think yeah because I think it's such an area where I mean everyone says like talk to your practitioner and I'm sure sometimes the practitioners are like well I don't really know like, it's <laughs> kind of like you know up to the moms to kind of figure it out but I think the moms yeah you know, listen to your intuition and I think too like if you did the mask once or that you used the oil once they're intuitively. Like your body will tell you, or I'm sure your baby will tell you like, Oh, like, mm, I didn't like that so much. Or mm-hmm. like, that no, it's fine. You know, like we're all different. So what works for one person doesn't always necessarily work for another. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think massage would be, and I think to even just the massage, I mean, you can just kind of even just putting your hands on your breasts and just moving them in circular motion, mm. you know, keeping it like that simple.
0: I've been doing that myself, so I can vouch for <laughs> the wonders of very gentle breast massage and the just wonder of touch because um, as a breastfeeding mom, you know, the boobs do the most incredible job of keeping this little human alive for yeah. at least six months on their own without anything else, and it's incredible. Yeah. And then, of course, it, it provides so much emotional comfort and, um, yeah. you know, the way they breastfeeding balances the child's nervous system. It's just, it it is magic. I've got no other word but magic. Yeah. So it's so important to give something back to the breast because I feel like they really do epitomize this whole idea of how you're saying, you know, giving and giving yeah and it really is that moment of absolute selfless giving so i really hope that um women in general but also breastfeeding moms will carry away this message that you know do take at least five minutes and just lovingly put your hands on your breasts if there is any lovely oil even better but it's just giving them some love and attention is so essential
1: (laughs) absolutely
0: well, I can't thank you enough for this chat. It's been so wonderful and I wish we could have like another hour to talk, but maybe we'll, we'll do part two. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, this was so this was such a great conversation. And um, yeah, thank you so much for no, having me. And yeah, we'll have to definitely do a part two.
0: Thanks again, Rochelle. Good. And can't <laughs> wait to talk to you soon.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Alyssa.